Hi, this is Midnight. I just wanted to apologize uh, in advance here that episodes one to three of Mistborn unfortunately have some loud background music that I did not notice uh, until after recording episode three and finally getting a chance to go through and edit those three episodes. Uh, again, I'm, I'm very sorry for this. Uh, I believe you can hear us uh, you can make out our voices decently, but it's a little annoying in my opinion, and I can't seem to fix it. So yeah, I, I apologize, and it will be gone after episode three of Mistborn. Thank you. All right, and welcome back to the Shardbreaker podcast. I am Midnight. I am the host of the Shardbreaker podcast, and I'm here with Darkness. Hello. And Mythic. I don't conform to your reality. Uh, and we read chapters 7 through 9 of Mistborn the Final Empire today, or this week, probably today. Uh, well, I mean, I read it today, I don't know what you're talking about. Technically, you read it, I mean. Yeah, I read it all last night, eh? All the whole book. Oh, yeah, so catch people up. Uh, Mythic accidentally fell asleep to the audiobook, but luckily it was over by the time he uh, woke up in the morning, so we're hoping he doesn't luckily. have any, like, subliminal <laughs> unconscious memories. So all my theories will be 100% correct. Uh, you can take that to the bank. So we're going to start off with, obviously, the uh, epigraph from Chapter 7, which Mythic technically uh, heard uh, last week, because, again, the yeah. audiobooks kind of put them at the end of the chapters and started at the beginnings. Uh, so this epigraph was, uh, Rashak is a tall man. Of course, most of these terrorist men are tall. He is young to receive so much respect from the other Pac-Men. He has charisma, and the women of the court would probably describe him as handsome in a rugged sort of way. And it amazes me that anyone would heed a man who speaks such hatred. He has never seen Kalenium, yet he curses the city. He does not know me, yet I can already see the anger and hostility in his eyes. Uh, so yeah, what are your thoughts about, <clears throat> about Rashak and the man describing him? I, they've also a handsome and a rugged kind of way. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'm mixing two different points, but I don't know. I feel like they're like. I feel like they're different in like. Well, obviously we know they're different. Yeah, so, so, right. uh, Rashik, they're, they're saying Rashik, the, the person writing this, obviously, is saying that Rashik is a terrorist uh, and then, the, the, obviously, the guy writing this is not a terrorist he's from a place called Kalenium, mm-hmm. which we have no so, idea. So, we can just, you know, say it, right? We all know who is writing this, right? Right, Midnight? Go ahead. You can tell us all. I think Darkness has some theories. What were your theories, Darkness? Um, it's Vin from the past as a baby. <laughs> it's Vin as a baby. No, but, um, no, I was just saying, like, I... Sorry, it's just, I'm just trying to, like, think through, think through this theory, because, like, some, some of it just doesn't make sense. But I feel like, um, it's one sort of, like, culture that takes on, like what is seen now as the elementic powers in a different way. Mm. 
so it's more like I don't know why but I felt like when I read that I felt like it was uh it was sort of like how fuck what's called from the first book the two different uh, cities that were oh, like, from Warbreaker uh Andrews yeah. and Palandron were the country names yeah I, I felt it was sort of like that mm, you think they were kind of like similar but kind of like like on the brink of war type places and that's why Rashak uh, hates people from Clenium so much not not on the brink of war but like um just like at odds like you know how people from Idris would like just hate them for yeah. being them you know like, yeah for like their like religious like, beliefs and the way they yeah. handle themselves in society yeah that's like that's big up so you think Rashak's kind of like the Idris where they're like really judgy of the other people for being like potentially like lavish or whatever I think so yeah. okay do you have any thoughts about that mythic besides I think I know from last episode you were very intrigued by the rugged look of <laughs> Rashek mm-hmm. yeah. is very rugged that sounds excellent oh by, by the way I am going to see if I can ask for like, images of certain things yeah that's yeah. fine I'll, I'll look up uh, save images I was going to show you images of um, the, the new character that you guys are going to meet and stuff in uh, chapter the next chapter, not this chapter, chapter eight, uh, and stuff. You didn't know that. We'll get there. I'm sure you'll. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it felt irrelevant to me, you know. Okay. Uh, I just thought you'd want you know, a description. You like description. You guys like pictures of people, so I thought you'd want a picture. No, just, I would never like any character like that. Either. Oh um, yes, of course, I'm sure. Um. Anyway, so that was the epigraph. Um, so then we start with Kelsier's point of view, and he notes that uh, Marsh is a stern and commanding person with disappointment in his eyes and disapproval in his voice. Kelsier notes that he's surprised that Marsh left the Ska Rebellion when he'd been so passionate about it previously. Uh, Marsh puts down a list of the names of the men that Kelsier killed the night before, and Kelsier tosses the list in the fire, saying they had served the final empire. Marsh says they were just doing their best in life, and Kelsier says life gave him the ability to push them off roofs. Uh, Marsh then clarifies that he isn't here to help. He tells Kelsier how dare he use the rebellion for one of his old jobs. And Kelsier claims it isn't about uh, isn't about that, but Marsh points at the word ATM on the board. Kelsier insists it isn't about the money, and then they argue about Marsh leaving the rebellion to just be a craftsman ska, which Marsh says he gave up after knowing uh, they were little more than an annoyance to the Lord Ruler. So what did you think about the whole kind of argument there and like their very kind of like opposing viewpoints on things? This is you like to talk first, or? Sorry, I was turning on my headphones. Oh. Uh, uh, can you repeat the question real quick? Uh, yeah, what did, what did you think about Marsh and Kelsier's argument and their, like, opposing viewpoints on, like, the people Kelsier killed? <laughs> um. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't like either of those characters. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, like, I found it interesting because I we don't know if he's like gonna fully oppose him, and at some point he's gonna be the obstacle. 
you know. I'm really hoping that that's not the case, because... Uh, Why? Because do you like them? No. Because they, they need to develop some character, obviously. It needs to see some brothers that aren't abusive to each other. Honestly. <laughs> uh, what did you think, uh, Mythic? What did I think about what? Uh, the whole argument and everything. Good to have somebody who can have different ideas than you. Mm -hmm. Not thinking that you're the only one, the only thoughts in the room. Yeah, it's just they I had they have the echo chamber works. Yeah, they had like very opposing views because Marsh is like, "How dare you just randomly kill these people?" And Kelsey was like, "Their lives don't matter." Basically, it's like if you serve the final empire, you're basically garbage and deserve to be pushed off a roof and killed. And I can agree with that. <laughs> Damn, no sympathy. I felt, I felt satisfied knowing that. Uh, what's his name? Marsh. Yeah, I was about to climb swamp. Um, uh, I, I was satisfied that he could get to Kelsey like that. Mm -hmm. The disappointed older brother. <laughs> uh, so Marston says, even if it isn't about the money, it's about revenge. Kelsier insists that he needs Marsh to infiltrate the ministry, and they then mention Kelsier's wife, and Marsh says he sometimes wishes Kelsier hadn't been the one to survive, and Kelsier agrees. Marsh looks at him with the eyes of a seeker and then says uh, he'll come back and listen to the plan later. So, what did you think of the whole that part? Like, they both are like, it should have been Mare who survived. Uh, and what, what all does this make you guys think of Marsh in general? Holds a grudge? I like Marsh. I mean, fuck! Uh, we all know you like Marsh. I also like Marsh. I'm saying for this book, I said for this book, Marsh and Breeze were my favorite characters. But that doesn't affect you. She also stated that that doesn't state if they live or die. Yeah, I didn't want to say for the whole trilogy. I'm never going to say for the whole trilogy who are my favorite characters until the very end of the books. Uh, but uh, for this book, okay. those are my favorite characters. Okay. okay, but do you have at least one favorite from every one of these next three books that we're reading? Or... You only like are you only picking a favorite and going okay? I like this guy in this book, and whether he's not in the other books or is in the it, other books, I, I, I will like say in this. Book. I will say but. if if any characters in the first or second book uh, survive through to the second and third books, they stay as a favorite. But well, that's what I'm saying. But like, are are you putting Mistborn as a whole and being like okay, like I'll, for example, like I like Breeze, right? If Breeze died, I would still say for the entire Mistborn that maybe, maybe, I don't know, I haven't read the other books, but uh, that Breeze was my favorite of the Mist, like, in the Mistborn books. So that's what I'm uh, saying. Like, are I, you, are I, you I will, saying... I will say that I, whether they live or die or whatever happens, I still really like them as characters. That does not mean that they may do something that you guys may not agree with. doesn't mean that they're not going to, like, it doesn't say anything about what their actions may be or whether they live or die. I still like mm -hmm. them as characters. The next question is going to be, do you have other favorites from the other books? So. I do. I have at least one... Yeah, I have, I have at least one favorite that you will not meet this book. Okay. So, 
there are other favorites. Also, it sounds really stupid, but I'm gonna ask it anyways because we just got done with an entire book that was all about like symbolism and making symbols. Do for some reason does the magic in this universe have like symbolism at all? Like any symbols that like they draw in the air or that would like be shown? Because like it made me wonder more when later when he's talking about it to Ben about like that you can basically you could ingest the same type of metal but it not be the alimantic metal and i was like so is there something like marking what is it so is it there, we'll get into that later but it's it's about the percentage of for the alloys it's about like the percentage of the different metals within the alloy that's how that worked i believe i think that's what you're talking about We'll, we'll, we'll get to that later on when he's explaining that. There's a whole bunch of stuff where he just goes on huge explanations oh, about all the yeah. power stuff. <laughs> where, he was, where he was like, oh, it has to be 91% tin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for specifically Peter, I believe it was uh, 91% tin and uh, 9% lead. Which, because it's lead, that's one of the reasons why you need to burn off the metals and not just let it sit in your stomach, because that's I wouldn't just let it bad. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, we'll get, we'll get into that later. I just want to start a riot, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Kelsier then notes a shadow under the door and burns iron to see a small amount of metal darting away silently. He actually notes it's Finn and notes that he'll need to encourage her skills while trying to heal her scars. Marsh then says he'll be by tomorrow, and Kelsier says not to come too early as he has some stuff to do tonight. Uh, we then move to Vin's point of view when she's back in her room. She's listening through the door, and a knock sounds right next to her head, startling her. She quickly makes herself look like she just woke up and opens the door after a second knock. Uh, Kelsier asks what she thought of Marsh, but Vin plays dumb and says she didn't see much of him. Kelsier calls her out, but Vin doesn't respond. Instead, she thinks of Reen's words saying, The men that wants you to trust him the most is the one you should fear the most. She also notes that Reen's voice had become stronger since meeting Kelsier. So what did you think to, about Reen's advice to Finn in the past? I think that was good advice. I, mean, I don't think her brother gives any good advice, but... I forgot that was his name. Reen? <laughs> they bring it up a few times. They just they constantly say Reen's voice, Reen's voice. Yeah, but like... Not memorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember any I... names ever, Darkness? You always give people nicknames. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I like I like all the different nicknames. I feel like it's it's a good contribution. Darkness, what's my name? Smithy. <laughs> I don't know why. Do you remember? Oh, for some reason, I tried thinking of your actual name, and I was like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, do I know that? <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck, did I forget? But yeah, do did, did you think he had good advice, though? All his advice is good. Okay. Uh, Kelsier then tells her that they're going out, which Finn doesn't complain about, so she wants him to teach her. Uh, before they go, Kelsier stops by the kitchen. Dachshund, Ham, Breeze, Clubs, and some of Clubs' apprentices are sitting around table, eating a snack and drinking lightly. Finn stays out of the room, feeling like the light and humor were a barrier. She watches from the darkness and isn't able to completely suppress her longing. Do you think Ben will ever feel truly comfortable with these men or with any group? 
magic eventually. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't think Vin cares much to. Well, I mean, she just said she had a longing to join them. Like, she wants to be part of the group and be carefree with like them. I was gonna say, oh, I sorry. don't think Vin cares much enough to hold back on trying to get Link to be a part of it. Because uh, I'm talking about, like, like, her hesitance to, like, trust others and shit. Like, I feel like it, at, at that point, I felt like it was gonna happen regardless. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Uh, so once into the kitchen, Kelsier gifts Vin with a mist cloak. Vin says she thought she would have to earn it, but Kelsier says that it's what she is. If she puts it on, she knows that she feels enveloped and protected. Uh, Kelsier also hands her two vials and tells her to drink one and save the other. He also mentions getting her clothing that doesn't have metal and that she might find situations where it pays to dress a bit more feminine, which Vin is not the biggest fan of. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, once outside, Kelsier states that Vin's first lesson is that the mists belong to them. Everyone else is either scared or uncomfortable with them. The mists protect them and give them power. Kelsier also mentions that ministry doctrine states that the Lord Ruler gave the men loyal to him Alamancy after the ascension. However, other legends state that something beyond the Lord Ruler's power was born on the day the mists first came upon the land. So, which of those versions do you think is true, uh, if either of them, about the origins of Mistborn? I think I think the mist came with the mistborn, mm. but before the the Lord Ruler's time. Okay. I don't believe it's before the Lord Ruler's time, but I do believe that Al the Alamance was brought the mist in some way, shape, or form. Well, I believe you're wrong. No, <laughs>
way off. Like, I'm assuming if you're like 70% tin and 30% lead, it would probably be like not work. Well, you, you would, you would die at that point. <laughs> Wait. Well, that's why you burn the metal before it, like, you can properly digest it. <laughs> Is this where they talked about the purity? Uh, I, I believe so. I, I think I just skipped over the exact percentages. Yeah, well, I just want to say, I'm so glad that it was brought up, because I was curious about that for so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, the purity has something to do with it. The purity! Yeah, so but... for, for straight metals that aren't alloys, so for things like, uh iron and stuff like that uh it needs to be a hundred percent i think pure metal and then yeah the alloys are like specific percentages so and again i think they can be slightly they can be slightly off it sounds like but if you're super far off it either makes you sick or can be deadly so yeah so that's interesting I found I like I like all the explanation there. Uh, so Kelsier uh, then explains how there is a push and pull. So I, I think this kind of will help. This part probably helps Mythic out a lot because he had a lot of theories about the different metals and stuff. So there's a push and pull for every power, with the second being an alloy of the first metal. For external mental powers, you pull with zinc and push with brass. And pewter is the push metal for internal physical powers. So, so I mean, the other one is. Yeah, so basically, um, for context, there are four categories. There's the base eight metals, there's an external physical, an internal physical, external mental, and internal metal. Mental, sorry. And there's a push and pull for each of those four categories, which is why there's eight. Which also makes me think, like, there's the extra two, right, which is the ten that people know about. And then there's apparently an eleventh. We're gonna keep that eleven to the side right now. Okay. That those two, I feel like, would have other metals to also, you know. Are you sure they're not one's not an alloy of the other? They might be like a push and pull of each other. That's what I'm saying. Like the other, the, like the other metal could just be like. Oh, you're talking about like the first one could just be like. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, well, that could make sense. Well, but like, look, wait, wait. Because if you if you say you're saying that it, or well, they're saying that. Uh, there's always one metal that pushes and one metal that pulls, correct? Yes. So there can't be 11 metals. No, there's got to be at least 12 then. Unless yeah, that's you... what I was thinking. I was like, there's yeah. 12. Yeah, unless, unless he knows something about 12. one of the metals. But yeah, you, you would assume by this point that there must be 12 if they're pushing and, all pushing and pulling. Also, if we're just going up and up until we get to my 16, possibly 18... If, if he says that the 11th metal can kill that dude, um, I'm wondering what the, like, you know, like, what the other thing can bring him back to life. I wouldn't say bring him back to life. You push, you push him into the ground or you pull him out of it. <laughs> you push him into the afterlife. <laughs> or you pull him from it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I have, I, I told you guys I was going to have a, a boatload of other powers that I could think of. That would go real well for this push pull mechanic. I do. Yeah. You could pull I... time or or uh, push time. You know, you could speed it up or slow it down. Uh, I was thinking you could pull or push allomancy, so you could pull allomancy out of somebody's body, or you could put allomancy into somebody's body. Mm. Uh, oh, that'd be cool. Um, 
here's a really out there one that I, I'm hoping this one be because it kind of I split one of my ideas in half. Uh, you could either push yourself into the future or pull yourself into the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that's the only ones that I have that are push pull right now. I I still I have like, a lot of other ones though. <laughs> I still think there's a sort of like healing one. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how to split that up to a push and pull thing. Well, I mean, the one that kills and the one that heals. Yeah, that would work, yeah. But you push somebody into healing and you pull somebody into death? Essentially. Or, hey, I got a better one. You either push life into them or you pull life from them. Yeah, I was going to say, you could push or pull life Life from them. Yeah. Yeah. What if it's like your own and then you're just like dead? There's a metal that makes it so that you could be undead. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> With the amount of fucking undeads there are in every fucking book we read. <laughs> oh no, what's he trying to tell us? Um, he has an undead fetish. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> how, how do you think? What do you think about the way the metals are paired though? With like a push and pull of every type, and then there's like internal versus external stuff. Yeah, I like my four categories better. Uh, so Kelsey then has Vin try Tin, which is the internal physical pulling metal. Uh, the mists seem more translucent, and she can feel her clothing more, her hunger, and smell the scents around her better. Kelsey tells her it's one of the slowest burning metals, and that most keep it on at all times when out at night. Then Kelsier speaks about how flaring metals, especially tin and pewter, stretch your body, and if you stretch too far, things start to break. So what do you think happens when you flare metals too long? What do you think he means by your body starts to break? I'm a mess well, We're going to get a chance to talk about mess later. Yeah, I know. I... That's my thought. Maybe it literally... Like your skin starts to like tear or something. You know, like sort of, sort of. Mm. It's I, I'm thinking like more like um a sort of like fast acting poison or like you know like because mm. uh, if obviously if you <laughs> use too much metal or like you have too much metal in your body, it's gonna fuck you up. So. Especially Peter, which apparently contains 9% lead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I had forgotten about that. I was like, oh shit, that sounds horrible. <laughs> like, that does yeah. not sound safe. Uh, so, as Finn glances around with her tin enhanced eyes, she sees specks of light in the sky. Kelsey explains that they're stars and that you can only see them on especially clear nights. He says they used to be seen every night before the mist came and the ash mounds erupted ash and smoke into the sky. When Vin asks how he knows, Kelsier just says that the Lord Ruler tried to crush out those memories, but some remain. Uh, so the next metal Vin tries is either iron or steel. You don't really get told which one. She sees blue lines shoot out from her chest, and Kelsier chuckles and tells her to try a different one, as that one is complicated. Uh, wait, she then... we don't, wait, we don't know what that one is? Not yet. She, she tries again later, but at this point, we, we didn't get told. Okay, okay, but we do get to know because I have that information. Yeah, no, she 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 pulls something okay. towards herself later, but we, we don't get it at this point. She just sees the blue line. She doesn't try using it yet. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. She, 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 I, I got scared. I got yeah, scared. No, no, no. no, no. In a moment, we'll. In a moment, we will. But she, she tries it and then extinguishes it and then tries it again secretly, and that's when we figure out which one she's using. Uh, but anyway, so Kelsier tells her that one's too complicated and they'll try it later. He then, she then tries bronze, which she feel thinks feels like pulses washing over her and originating from Kelsier. He explains that it's the internal mental pushing metal, <laughs> just such a mouthful, and it allows people to sense who is using allomancy. Uh, so this is Seekers, which is what Marsh is. Uh, and he also explains that Inquisitors can use it, and that either all Inquisitors were Seekers, or they gain the ability when they become Inquisitors. So what do you think about Bronze and the fact that you can kind of like sense people using Allomancy? I don't think that one was ever guessed by you guys. Well, no. Technically, it was, but uh, like exactly. I mean, I used it last chapter too, though. Hmm? I remember him using it before too. Um, I think he mentions like the Inquisitors were able to follow it. her. No, I think when he was, I remember him fighting the guy, the people before. I thought he well, not walked, like no, not the house yeah, yeah. When he was fighting the whatever the fuck. Oh, called. he might have. I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty brain dead from he, studying. He, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he jumped out of the window or whatever the fuck he did, and he was looking for metals and he was explaining that there were lines that were tracing to metal. That that's not being a seeker though. Okay. I, I don't get it. Seeker is feeling people using allomancy. Yeah. The the, the, the the finding the metal is using the blue lines from steel and iron. Okay. I remember. I, I couldn't remember if it was like um, a trait from steel and iron thing. No, this this one is specifically. Uh, I believe it, it's bronze, and it's what Marsh Marsh is a listing of. Where you specifically can feel who is using allomancy. So, next, Kelsier shows off Copper, which is the opposite of Bronze, and it blocks you from being seen from people uh, who are using words. Poker is. Yes, which is what Clubs is. So, Vin notes that burning it makes a small vibration inside of her, and he mentions that burning Copper can t keep you from being manipulated using emotional allomancy as well. So, like, if you're using Copper, like, Breeze can't soothe you and stuff. So, then why was he so... That, that's why that's why he says to 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 Kelsier, like even with copper i still don't feel comfortable making decisions around him like he's just super paranoid about it apparently i mean i mean given what we see later with his immense amazingness with his ability mm -hmm. uh so yeah so he also says that the copper cloud can protect those around you from being felt uh doing alamancy which is why they stay at clubs the shop with him and his apprentices uh some of them are also smokers so he's got his his little smoker group who just completely mask anyone doing alamancy in their in their place um yeah do you have any thoughts about copper um i mean i pretty much had it well, I didn't know it was copper, but yeah, I mean, I knew what the power was. Yeah, well, I mean, Mythic did at one point guess that you make mist if you're a smoker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my guess for copper was that, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure your guess was that. 
And then I'm pretty sure I added on to it saying, yeah, maybe the mist makes it so that you can't see. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's all the, the, the metal in the air and then bodies of water. They don't make mist, unfortunately. Uh, even though it'd be pretty cool. Uh, so Vin then feels uneasy about how much Kelsier is telling her, but then thinks about the metal with the blue lines that he brushed past earlier. She thinks it must be the most powerful of the eight metals if he's holding it from her. So she glances at Kelsier and then tries the metal again. She watches the lines of different thickness fade and appear as she walks. She feels like she can almost touch the lines as she tugs on it with her mind. Suddenly, a rusty nail flies at her, and just before it hits her, something yanks it away. Kelsier chuckles, and when Vince says the nail attacked her, Kelsier says she sort of attacked herself. He then explains that Alamancy has consequences. For pewter, you could hurt yourself if you're carrying something and your pewter runs out, or even die if you have a wound that you can like kind of pull, push through with pewter, but it's deadly if you're not burning pewter. And for tin, and he, he like kind of screams a hot at heart for this, but he says for tin, loud noises and lights are a big weakness because mm -hmm. your senses are so enhanced. Um, so yeah. Um, so what were your thoughts about the consequences of Alamancy? Makes sense. Everything has consequences in life. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I mean, I didn't think he was gonna put it that way, though. How did you think he was gonna put it? I. It seems more like, <laughs> uh, like he's he's. It's for, to me, it seems more like he's like, you know what, you can do it, but like, it's gonna fuck you over. Instead of like, oh, this rule, like, you know, follow it. <laughs> I think he's more just like, make sure you know your limitations and like, when to like, be using and when not to be using your medals and when not to run out. But I, I mean, he does say that it's better for her to fuck up now than to fuck up when she has no Yeah, medals. he says that later. He's just like, it's best uh, to just like, yeah, to fuck up when someone's watching you than fuck up when you're on your own. Yeah, but for some reason, I didn't expect that mentality with him. Mm. I was like, nah, he's gonna, like, set the rules, he's gonna teach it, and then, you know. I think Kelsier, a fucking thief crew leader, follows the rules, Darkness. I mean, if it's gonna put the people around him in danger, then... <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially, especially after that little talk he had with his brother, so... Older brother. Uh, so they then get to the city wall, and Kelsier says he's going to teach her iron pulling and steel pushing. He takes out a clip, the smallest denomination of coins, and has Vin push on it until it hits a wall, and she is pushed backwards. Kelsier again mentions consequences and how body weight matters in pushing and pulling. He also states that you can only push and pull directly from yourself, you can't change the direction. So it's, it's only a direct to and from. There's no, like, you can't flip it around like a telekinesis and, like, hit people in the head with things. Yeah, but, like, I, I was wondering, because I still didn't get it in no way, like, where is, like, the direction starting from? So, it's, there's, like, a straight line between you and the object. It can only follow that straight line. What part of you? <laughs> it says it centers in your chest. Okay, okay. It's, like, the that... center of your chest. Oh, that's hard. So, like, you're gonna be impaled pretty much right through the heart, almost. I mean, the heart's a little off to the side, but still. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why, uh, be careful with the rusty nails. <laughs> Ooh, I would just- Aside from tetanus. <laughs> I would carry- I would carry bags of rusty nails. Oh, gosh. 
You need to wear like, like a metal. you need to wear like body like a chest chest plate <laughs> to protect yourself. Oh. Like chest some sort of like non-metallic chest plate. <laughs> to... Rock chest plates. I was gonna say like like thick leather or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, anyway, so then Kelsier tells her that they're gonna jump over the wall. <laughs> Finn calls him insane for the second time that night, which Kelsier says his sanity departed long ago, and then hands Finn a belt with metal weights so that he can probably save her if something goes wrong, and Finn is worried about the probably part. He then puts down an ingot of metal and says to push until she gets to the top of the wall before jumping into the air. Finn nervously puts her feet on either side of the ingot before pushing herself up. That was the end of chapter 7. We get to chapter 8 where we get a new epigraph, and I don't know if Mythic would have been able to notice this with the audiobook, but this epigraph is specifically in quotations. Nope. So Obviously like, I would not. <laughs> yes, so this is specifically a quote from someone, which I wanted to specify because again, you don't really get... It makes sense why I didn't understand shit from Yeah, so this is specifically a quote. I didn't see the quotation marks, that's why. <laughs> yeah, so this is specifically a quote, and it says, He shall defend their ways, yet shall violate them. He will be their savior, yet they shall call him heretic. His name shall be Discord, the capital D, uh, yet they shall love him for it. So, why do you think this one is in quote? Why do you think we have, like, a quote here the instead prophecy. of our normal stuff? You think that's the prophecy? Yeah. Okay, so... Okay. Here comes my big brain theory. Okay. I'm probably wrong, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Um, I I used to think it was the Lord, whatever the fuck his name is, the, the, Lord the, the guy everybody thinks is a god. Yeah, the guy everybody thinks is a god. Um, but what if it is like a sibling or a like distant, not a distant relative, but a relative of the God King, talking about the, god, the Lord King, ruler, not the God King, whatever. <laughs> A god. This man who thinks who everybody thinks is a god. Uh it's like his brother or his like daughter like not daughter, but like a you know, a sibling or something, like somebody close enough to him. Um and is kind of like jotting down his life almost. Um and then I'm thinking that that person is like was like that driving force to make him who he is now, whether it be because he died or she died or whatever. Um, and then this prophecy, I feel like, is about the God King, or not the God King, but the God that the we Lord know about. Yeah. Yes, I'm gonna keep calling him the God King because it sounds much better in this standard than it did the last time we had the God King. Because <laughs> that dude did not seem like a God King. <laughs> this guy at least seems a little more relative to a God King. I always found, like, when I, like, before I, like, actually read the books and I just read, like, the words, like, Lord Ruler and Final Empire, I'm like, it sounds so Star Wars-y and, like, futuristic to me, like, those words. I'm like, what the fuck, why is it so, like, weird, like, fi like, the Final Empire, like, it sounds like they're in, like, the year 10,000 or something. It's the Final Countdown. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, um, I do agree that the... If it is prophecy, um, it is about the. I was about to call him the Lady King. <laughs> um, the Lady King. The Lord Ruler. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I also think um, Mythic might have been right on one of the aspects of the middle for uh, like 
I'm pretty sure they said something about uh like seer like abilities. Yeah, like seeing into the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would make sense. Uh, if it's true, it would make sense that this godly person would have it because it would mimic. Uh, what's the word? Wow, omnipotence, and it would make them seem much more, uh, I guess, godly and harder to kill. It's ATM, isn't it? <laughs> my bet is it's either uh, whatever that is, atrium, or the, you know, this, thank you, uh, or whatever this eleventh metal keeps walking around is that does that. Uh, also, my last question. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I would just find it funnier if this metal that he thinks he has literally does nothing. <laughs> like he's we're, he's over hyping it super much, all this much, and then it's like, nah, nah it doesn't do anything. What if he just chucked it? At his side? <laughs> That's sharpen like, no. it and then push on it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, my, my last question for this little ep- this really short epigraph was, what do you think by his uh, think they mean by his name shall be Discord? He's gonna bring like a ruin to whoever. He's a mod. Oh, he's a dis- he's a Discord kitten. <laughs> Gosh. No, but like, um, yeah, I feel like he's the one that fucked up the land. So. Yeah, it does seem like it would suit the Lord Ruler, the fact that, uh, he apparently saved them from the deepness, yet he's also, like, this tyrant. I see that in the fucking Discord chat, you know. I do, Jarvis. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this chapter, uh, we start with Finn pushing herself up into the air, suppress- suppressing a scream until she ends up halting and the line is almost invisible. And she's, uh, it's like asking for help, and then Kelsey is like beside her on the wall, which she hadn't even realized she had reached the top of the wall. Uh, and Kelsey explains to her uh, that her body naturally balances itself as long as she doesn't push against something else or try too hard to move off to one side. He then says he hopes that she isn't afraid of heights, uh, and she states that she isn't, but she also isn't used to hanging a hundred feet above a street. She's, she's, she's very annoyed. She's like gritting her teeth while saying this part. She's like, motherfucker, get me down from here. Um, Kelsier laughs and pulls her to him before pulling the ingot up to him as well. Uh, Kelsier then tells her that they're going back down the other side, and that if she doesn't want to, she can explain to the guards why a Mistborn needs to use their stairs. Pin then nervously decides to fall off the wall directly over the blue line of the ingot. However, as she's falling, she realizes her trajectory was slightly off, and she tries to push to realign but goes farther off. She then uh, pushes up too high and goes up above the wall, startling the guards for a moment. Which imagine you see someone like fly up, like flailing beside the wall. I was laughing so hard when I saw that. I was like, what if she's just like doing flips and shit? In the I air? just imagine her like flailing, like, like arms just like waving everywhere. No, I imagine her like Loki a little like hunched up and their heads just going past each other. You know? Uh, so good. Were you gonna say, Mithuk? Oh, that, that, that was pretty much it. Just yeah. 
just I would mean, imagine be just so confused because also like she's wearing a Mistborn cloak, so like apparently they'd all just assume that she's like some fancy high noble woman. <laughs> That has this wonderful Mistborn ability. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she, as she falls again, she tries to pull on the ingot, which then begins to hurl towards her. So she's basically doing everything Kelsier told her not to do. Uh, and then Kelsier eventually uh, kind of like orients himself just below her and is able to save her. And when she's on the ground, jokes that it was fun. <laughs> uh, once Ben yeah, has a bet. Once Finn has a moment to catch her breath, Kelsier tells her that steel and iron can be very dangerous and that he finds that putting people in extreme situations early is best so they have someone to watch them. So yeah, what, what did you think about uh, Kelsier's teaching method there? I mean, it's just like birds from a nest. Pick them out of the nest. Throw, they they, they fly, the they nest. fly, they don't, they don't. I was thinking about the baby swimming thing. Yeah, that too. <laughs> you talking about Egypt where they threw their babies in the Nile? Sure. It's like they have they have their children right next to the Nile, and then they were like right out of the womb. All right, you're in the water. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, I mean, that wouldn't make sense. That wouldn't make sense simply for the fact that like they wouldn't have gotten air yet. Like, yeah. So like you would just be water to water, but still, I'm, I, that was a thing that they that they said they used to do. I don't know if they actually did it, but they said they used to do. Where they threw their children into the Nile, and if they survived, they survived. If they didn't, they didn't. I feel like it'd be more of a certain age than frayed out of the womb. And mm, not, uh, it makes sense out of the womb. Yeah. I don't think it does. Yes, it does. It really does. Go ahead, we can keep on. All right. So Vin then mentions that she should uh, stop wearing her earring, uh, but Kelsing, Kelsing, Kelsier asks if it's a clip-on or goes right through her ear. Vin mentions that it goes through her ear, and Kelsey explains that metal that goes through your body, like a Steel Inquisitor's eye spikes, can't be pushed or pulled on. So the earring is fine, and can even be a potential weapon in, a, in like a drastic situation. Um, so yeah, so apparently that's why the Steel Inquisitors uh, don't worry about just walking around with these giant metal spikes through their head, is because you because they're through their body, they cannot be pushed and pulled on. Uh, but why do they have them? Is the real question. That, that is still a question. We still do not know. No. It's a uh, fashion statement. <laughs> it is. It's like the people who stretch out their ears with like the, the big like yeah. circular earrings, but they just stretch out their eyes instead. <laughs> uh, also, I found it, and it was it's a thing from the Bible, really, but it said the Pharaoh had decreed that all baby boys were to be thrown into the Nile because he feared they might become too powerful. So they were babies. Okay, so it wasn't to see if they would survive. It was, yeah, yeah, they were trying to kill them on purpose. I think think it got, I think it's gotten watered down and through the ages of people, you know, telephoning it through the ages. And they believe that, like, you threw, they threw their children in there to see if they were stronger. Also, girls get to survive. Yay. Because you you can be breeded. I mean, I mean, yes, that's, sounds, that's the truth. It sounds but yes. terrible. It I sounds know. terrible, but that's yeah, that's the funny. truth. Like, um, we're, we're a watered-down society from what they used to be. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kelsier then leads Ben out, and Ben notes that heaps of ash that had been brought out beyond the walls, uh, although she notes that most is put into the river and that the water must break down the ash somehow, because she says, like, the content would be fucking covered in ash if, like, water didn't break it down somehow, basically. Uh, 
She also thinks about how she and her brother had often worked on canal ships and traveled around a lot. Reen hadn't liked to stay in one place for more than a year, as if he was running from something. So what do you think Reen was running from? Me. <laughs> Not, but, um... The Inquisitors? Probably. He seems like the type. So after a bit of walking, Ben feels like something is following them, and eventually, and eventually blurts it out to Kelsier. Kelsier casually notes that it's a myth race, myth, mist wreath, which <laughs> mist wreath, which Ben apparently thought was just a legend. Kelsier then says that they should go look at it, and although they are disturbing to look at, they're relatively harmless scavengers. Uh, he says their sense of smell or taste is really good, and it's probably hoping they'll drop something edible. Ben then burns tin to see the mist wreath has smoky, translucent skin that you can see uh, through to its bones. It has dozens of limbs that look like they come from different animals, and it crawls along like an awkward centipede. And it looks like many limbs don't work. It has a distinct skeletal structure and translucent muscles and sinew. It also has six heads, including a human one attached to a, by a long spine connected to some sort of animal torso. Kelsier explains that mistrays have malleable bodies, they can shape their skin around any skeletal structure, and they can recreate muscles and organs that they have a model to mimic. They do this by absorbing dead creatures and then recreating parts of them and integrating them into whatever way they want. When Finn asks if they're intelligent, Kelsier says, not one this young. So, yeah, I want to hear your thoughts about mithrace. I think they were cool. I want they are, they are cool, but I would be scared to have them. I would, my face. I would feed it so good. Oh, oh yeah? Who, what would you feed it? Midnight. Wow. Probably. I would name it Midnight and feed it. Then it would look like Midnight. Yeah. A translucent Midnight. That looked like Midnight. Wow. Uh, but yeah, what do you think about the fact that he says that, like, one this young isn't intelligent? What do you think that means? They get older. It means that uh, the older they get, the more they consume, which means the more intelligence they get. Right? Right? That makes solid sense. I don't need your confirmation. <laughs> hey, you won't get it anyways. I really won't. Y'all stay quiet all the fucking time, man. <laughs> Uh, so they then go to the Imperial High Road where a carriage is waiting. Kelsier greets a man named Sazed, who he also refers to as Saze. Uh, which, I, I, when I first read this, I always called him Sazette. Uh, until I, like, kind of picked up on, like, oh, his nickname is Saze, which, so obviously his name must be Sazed. How do they say it in the audiobook? Is it Sazed? I think so, because that sounds very familiar. Yeah. I always want to call him Sazette, though. <laughs> I also really like Sazed. He's he's a good character. I, I, I had uh, almost for, I had forgotten to list him as one of my favorites. He's Sazed. He says. Sazed said. Yeah. Uh, so Finn notes he has a higher voice and a melodic tone, as well as a strange accent. He has a long, flat face and a willowy body, tall enough to be abnormal and long arms. She notes him to be a terrorist. He has many ear piercings and colorful robes. Uh, Sazed speaks in a formal way, calling. Kelsier, Master Kelsier, and Vin Child. Vin then learns from Sazed that they are going to Felice, which is where Lord Renoir is. So what was your first impression of Sazed? Um, he's there. It's like Alfred. From 
about me. I need a picture of the mystery. I can try to find a picture of the mystery. This is Sazed. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Sazed is the guy who was, uh, like the scribe, right? Hmm? He's a scribe? No, he's a steward. He's a scribe guy? He's a steward. The one that was, like, calling Kelsier, like, master, right? Yes, he's calling Kelsier master. Okay. Then it is Sazed, I'm pretty sure. Can I also get a picture of, uh... Yeah, I'm getting a mystery picture. Here's a, here's a no, mystery. No, uh, March top. <gasps> That's so cool! I definitely won't. <laughs> so you you want a picture of Marsh, you said? Mm-hmm. Let's see if I can find... Can you get a picture of, uh... Lord Ruler? <laughs> Here, here's a picture of Kelsier and Marsh. I need a map of the, of the pits. You do not get a map of the pits. That's Kelsier and Marsh. Which one's which? <laughs> uh, Kelsier's the cockier one with the stubble. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's definitely gonna die. He's too cocky. <gasps> I just thought of another power. Okay, go on. <laughs> any other good pictures of him? Really um, sorry, what, were you, what did you say? Lord Ruler. I want to know what the Lord Ruler looks like. Uh, I think that might be too spoilery. <laughs> oh, he's gonna have piercings all over his body. Yeah, he's gonna be like a fucking ceiling wizard. Considering you haven't gotten any description of him yet, I don't want to send you pictures. We have, though. We've gotten that he's a god. We've gotten that he's not the You've not actually seen person. him. You've just gotten notes about him. <laughs> it's enough to go on, right? Wait, okay, so w- w- the people we do have kind of an idea for, though, uh, what was the other guy's name? <laughs> I sent you a picture of Breeze earlier. Not Breeze. Like... That one dude. Fuck, what's his name? Rashek. Rashek is a tall man, of course. Most of this. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, what's Rashek no. like? <laughs> I'm forgetting people's names. <laughs> Which one are you thinking of? They are. They do. The terrace. That was Sage. That was the one I did first. Yeah. What's yeah, Sage? Yeah. I thought there was another one. The dark, the dark skin hunk. I thought there. Was, I swear I thought there was. There's, there's Rashek, who's from the Epigraphs. Yeah. Okay. That to be tall, handsome. I I cannot find a picture of Rashek. I'm gonna be honest, I only have one of these pictures of him. He's irrelevant. He's not. Oh wait, wait, wait. Is this supposed to be? No, I feel like this is a different guy. Hmm. Papa tells me he's unimportant. I guess. I got I got no I got no pictures of Rashek. Uh, are we good on pictures now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so where were we then? Uh, yeah, so they meet, you guys meet Sazed. Yeah, what was your first impression of Sazed? I think Darkness said. I like him. Whatever. <laughs> I like him. I liked him even more later, but I liked him. Yeah, I'll get to him later. Yeah. Well, 
interesting. First impressions. Um, he was there. <laughs> that was my first impression. I was like, okay, new person. Right. <laughs> That's usually my impression with most of the new characters like, in general. That's fair. Until I until I get something that I like. That's fair, that's fair. Uh, so we then switch to Kelsier's point of view. He notes that Finn always tries to be as small as possible, as she's currently sitting with her legs tucked under her. Uh, whenever she sits, she's crouching. Whenever she walks, she's prowling. And whenever she's out in the open, she tries to hide. He does note, though, that she is braver than him, as Gimmel had had to push him off the top of a city wall when he was trained. So what do you think the fact that Kelsier's trainer, Gemmel had pushed him off the top of a city wall <laughs> to teach him to use Alamancy? I like teaching him. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the whole bird fucking shit right there. Kick them out of the nest, and if they survive, they survive. If they don't, they don't. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're not gonna jump? Push. <laughs> uh, so Vin I, then asks, I wonder if he put the same, like, metal jacket thing on him, though. The belt so thing? Could, like, yeah, so he could, like, pull him if he needed to. Why do I feel like Gimmel wouldn't have? He calls him an insane old fool. <laughs> yeah, I really times. feel like he would have. Do you have a picture of him? Gemmel? Yeah. Let's see if anyone's gonna... Also, um... We don't have Rashaka. I, I feel like we're not gonna have him. Go ahead, I Chris. get it. I get it. Well, there is a short story, remember, where he's in. So, yeah. I get it, but his horns are, like, nature's ass fucking whatever, right? And, like, if you have metal in your body, or just bad business in general, you can control your certain metal. I, I feel like it'd be cool if you could make, like, the bottom of your, like, shoes just, like, metal and start fucking, you know, levitating. Yeah. yeah. It would be pretty neat. What is that? What? Camel. With a mist clip. He's a... He's... Oh, I thought it was... A, I thought he was... I, I, I thought that was fake. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. It's a fake invention. That's the... That's the guy who trained him? Yeah, he's an old guy. Jesus. He's like a crazy old dude. I don't that like dude, man, him. man, I wish, I wish he trained me. I don't like showing you a picture of him. So much of a spoiler. So <laughs> it's a picture of Gemmel. Wait, you don't feel like showing a picture of what? Gemmel is really a spoiler. So. Oh. So that's not Gemmel. Well, because he's in the short story, but I feel like like his appearance isn't important. That's what I'm saying. Because remember, I've, I've told you he's important? like in a short. I don't think his appearance is important. Oh, okay. Oh, you so I'm you saying, like, there's, there's a short story okay. you're gonna read eventually with him. That's why I'm like, I'm okay with showing you the picture now instead of later. So what you're saying is the other guy, Rashek or whatever, is. I'm I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that this guy happen. comes up in a short story happen. later. But Rashek doesn't have a short story, so he's not important. Got it. <laughs> Anyways, um, where were we? Uh, so Vin then asked Kelsier about his brother. She asked if he beat Kelsier often. Kelsier says Marsh never tried to beat him, but can tell Finn doesn't believe him. He also thinks about his childhood, which had been a life of privilege because his mother had pretended not to be a ska. However, his father had eventually learned the truth. So what do you think about the fact that Kelsier's childhood, uh, and, like, Marsha's childhood was, like, this, like, super privileged noble life, which, and now Kelsier, like, hates all nobles? Mm, sounds about right. I mean, I, I find it very odd to me because it's stated before that, uh, Kelsier didn't have, like, Alamancy before he went in, and then he came out as a Mistborn, yeah. yet his brother is a Misty? Yeah. So, like, 
does that mean that maybe he did have misting powers and then it like evolved? So he says he had completely no elements. He just like docks it before he went into the pits. I don't, I don't believe. But, but he as a thing, but but what I'm saying is right. Like maybe he just didn't know he had. Well, I think we talked about this briefly. Like you guys didn't hear much about, it, but I believe he says he snaps. He snapped. Yes. In the pits. Yeah. He snapped in the pits, but like, I mean, I, I'm still on the, I'm still on this like thought that he ate some fucking atrium or whatever the fuck. Atrium. Atrium is like a, a part of a building. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he he ate the atrium of the pit, okay. and it just you know gave him the powers. And he became a mistborn because of it. Ah, uh, I see. I mean, I have that on my list of because I put atrium <laughs> on here after or atm after uh, all the other metals that I I went through and figured out like thought of what they might be for, uh, but. I put it on there, and it gives, gives, uh, makes Mistborn, and then I'm trying to figure out which one would reverse that, but... I, if, if it made Mistborns, like, ATM, I, I, um, I believe that they wouldn't, like, let it spread to the nobles, because nobles apparently use that a lot, right? Yeah, it's like a form of, like, super high-value currency, almost, um, but I don't think it's how many of these anymore. nobles eat it, right? That's true. If, if Mythic Theory is right, they might not know that yeah, the team gives like, him more powers. I mean, and, it's, and they're like, what, little tiny orbs? Yeah, right? like little beads, like, basically. Yeah, they're, they're like pill-sized. Just drop that in your throat and boom. <laughs> I mean, damn. I mean, if I was a noble, even if it's not true, I would have been testing that shit. I'd have been like, here, kid, <laughs> eat this. What if it kills your kid? <laughs> All right, well, I make a new one. Oh gosh, I'm a noble. Do you know how many people want to have sex with me? Apparently, all oh. the ska women can be forced into it. So, well, I mean, I I'm not raping people. I, I ain't happening. I can get women without rape. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll just I'll just soothe them into being with me. Okay, that's much, oh, much better. It, <laughs> <laughs> that does not sound manipulative at all. No. Uh, well, I, at least when the, the just encouraging. guards or whatever, when, when the guards come and say something to me, I can be like, well, she consented. I did not do anything wrong. I mean, it sounds like they don't care about consent if you're noble <laughs> the other the woman with the ska. But, well, they no, I'm not, I'm not talking about ska, though. Oh. I was talking about all women in general. Why would I? Why would I? Why would I beneath myself to <laughs> have sex with a scar? Like, God. damn. There are plenty of noble women that I can have sex with. All right. Uh, so Vin then asks why Kelsier told her about the medals, as he doesn't have power over her to keep her around. She also asks about the other two medals, which Kelsier says are difficult to get used to, but he can teach them to Vin once they get to Felice. He states he only wants her if she trusts him, as there are no betrayals. Ben, however, states that there was one, and he's like, how the fuck do you know about that? Uh, and then he eventually rubs at his head, which he really wants to scratch at his scars, which apparently run all the way from, like, his hands all the way up his shoulders. Um, but uh, he does not scratch them, and he states that he do doesn't know for sure that there was a betrayal, and his crews rely on trust. He then states they can go back to Luthadel if Finn doesn't want to stay. He also throws her a bag of 3,000 blocks. 
boxings, which are basically what he got from Kamen's lair, uh, and says that she pretty much earned those anyways. Ben tries to tell him every plan of his won't work, but Kelsey responds with how they had planned to defeat each obstacle, which I mean, she was there at the meeting anyways. Uh, eventually, Ben agrees because she wants to see what will happen. So do you think Ben will ever believe in the plan, or is she just going to keep going along with it until it eventually either works or it doesn't work? Um, the second option is more likely. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I, I I feel like at first she's going to go in, into it with that mentality, you know? Mm. Of like, oh, if it works, like, I'm definitely going to just go in and learn some stuff. But, uh, and she's like, oh, um, I'll just, like, get out if things go wrong but <laughs> I feel like she's gonna trust them like enough to not want to betray them at some point what are your thoughts Mythic? sorry did I cut you off? uh I was just gonna say I still think the brother has like a lot more to play in this stuff whose brother brother Vin's or Kelsier's? Vin. Oh yeah, I agree with that, 100%. I feel like he's definitely going to come back in the story somewhere. Probably as an adversarial thing. <gasps> what if we see him as a Steel Inquisitor? <laughs> I feel like he's not going to be- I feel like he's going to be a Mistborn. Element. Alright, well, we switch back to Ben's Wait. point of view as they arrive in Felice. Oh, actually, I, didn't get, I don't think I got Mythic's uh, answer. That's what I was going to say. Wait, Mythic has it. No, we, we don't have to. We don't have to. Yes, but, we would, do. Would you, do you think Finn will ever believe in the plan? No. No? Nobody believes in the plan. What are you talking about? They're just here <laughs> around for the ride. Hell, I mean, to be uh, fair, I don't the, feel like many of the crew right now believe in the plan. <laughs> yeah, the smoker, wants, the smoker just wants to kill himself, so... He's like, ah, if I'm going to go out, I might as well go out spitting in the Lord Ruler's face. Exactly. Uh, like, the best way to do it? <laughs> so we switch back to Ben's point of view as they arrive at Felice. Apparently many noble families keep a residence in one of Luthadel's outskirts cities. And as they as the carriage drives through, Kelsier notes that things shouldn't be stained in ash and instead they should be green. Which Ben just thinks is absolutely silly and ridiculous. So why do you think Kelsier believes things should be green instead of brown? He's a weirdo. Wait, what? Because everything is green in our real reality. Yeah, but why would he think that? Everything's brown for him. Okay, so... I have a theory. Very baseless, so there's no reason behind it. But, maybe Kelsier is actually Hoyd. Oh, shit. You think Kelsier's Hoyd? And he Hoyd. knows things. Yeah, and he knows things. Because, if I remember correctly, uh, Hoyd, in both other books... Uh, was not like directly impacting, but was like giving the main characters like that little nudge to be like, hey, here's the thing, you should go here and do this. And then it was like he they created the path. They watched it bloom and they said, Alright, we're gonna nudge you just a little bit right here. Yeah. He, he has a lot bigger role here then if uh Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think he would get that oh, I don't know. I don't know. Kelsier just seems like he seems like he knows a lot more about the world as a whole 
than like most people know. And that could be because he snapped, but well, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe him maybe him snapping would have actually just been like he died and Hoy took over. Interesting. You think like Hoy's like possessed him somehow? Or took his face, yeah. Oh, you guys yeah. you think like he's like yeah. pretending to be him. Yeah, masquerading him. Which brings me to another battle that I think would be possible, but another <laughs> <laughs> power. Right. Boyd apparently has all the powers. Uh Darkness, sorry, did you answer the question about why you think Kelsier believes things should be green? Um he's crazy is what he said. I said because he's weird. Yeah, okay. But like, I mean maybe it's just another one of those religions. Maybe. maybe he does he does know Sazed. We do get into Sazed uh Sazed stuff later. But that's yeah. our thing. Um, but yeah, so Kelsier then mentions to burn any metals in her stomach before sleeping, as some metals can be dangerous to ingest if not burned after a while. Uh, which, yeah, as we've mentioned, like, lead sounds terrible to keep in your stomach. Uh, <laughs> they then get to Renoir's Manor. So, and does this, does this pretty much, because I have lead on my <laughs> metals, does that mean lead can't be an element like I don't believe it means it can't be, he's just saying that, okay. like, any metal, any metal. Like he's not just saying pewter, which contains lead. He's saying any metal you should make sure to burn because, like, mm -hmm. it can be dangerous to like actually ingest the metals instead of burning them. But I mean, all right, so what you're telling me, or what he's telling me, is that if you burn it during your sleep, that means that the best time to attack you is during your sleep. You don't burn it during your sleep. He's just saying, like, uh, if you don't burn a metal, it gets ingested, like anything else you put in your stomach. He's, he's saying you should. You should burn it before but essentially. Yeah, so yeah, as, as Mythic was saying, though, yeah, I guess attacking an elements or when they're sleeping. They could sleep with a metal vial, though, on them. Yeah, but you got, then you gotta, like, chug that real quick before yeah, you do gotta chug it right quick. people, you know, like, oh, no, you know, but I'm already holding a knife over your, you know, you're gonna wake up and be like, oh, I'm gonna get my vial. Eat the knife. <laughs> Eat the knife. Yeah, so then they get to Renoir's Manor, and Kelsier recommends taking off her Mistborn cloak, even though the people here are loyal to them. Once the carriage stops, uh, stops Sazed opens the door and holds out a hand for Mistress Vin. She ignores the hand, but notes Sazed doesn't seem upset by it. Uh, Vin then meets Lord Renoir, who is a thin, aging man with a grey moustache. I all... like him so much. Do you? Yep. Uh, he, seems, he seems very uh, down-to-earth and smart. Well, we know he's not really Lord uh, Renoir. He's an actor of some sort. Whoever. Which um, goes into my theory about one of the powers being you can manipulate your looks to be specifically somebody else. Or speak up. Um, no. <laughs> well, okay, no, because they he state they state clearly not to let them be close to Steel Inquisitors. Yeah. So, to me, it seems more like he must be using an allomantic ability all the time. Also, um, I'm never going to pronounce his name, so... Renoir? Yeah, he, he has a very French name, because I think I've told you guys before, like, uh, this, this era is very... Yeah. It's very French-based, so there's there's a few names in here that are very French-based, and technically, but Grand Center isn't said, 
that Kelsier is actually supposed to be pronounced as Kelsier, but even he doesn't pronounce it that way. Everyone just pronounces it Kelsier, and he's like, he, he's he said before, like he's like, I don't really care how people pronounce the names. It's a fantasy book with fantasy names. Like just pronounce it how you say it in your head. So yeah, literally everyone yeah, calls him Kelsier, but just fail every time. <laughs> yeah, so I'm literally. Gonna... <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna just call him Lord Wawa or something. Oh gosh, <laughs> Renoir. Lord <Wawa>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I was watching, uh, I, I was not watching, listening to it, so I, I think I've told you guys, I, like, I got the idea for this by listening to other Storm, uh, I not say Stormlight, but, uh, uh, I mean, I didn't listen to a Stormlight one, but uh, one of the other podcasts I listened to did more support and stuff, and they kept pronouncing all the French names, like, not properly, like, I think they called this guy, like, Renault, Renoaks or something, and I was, like, dying, Renault. I was like, please, please stop, I hate this. Can't. But you can That's pronounce what I'm it anyway. You, you can, can, but like as someone who learned French and from a country where French is one of our languages, we it hurt me. We all understand you're French. Okay? I'm not actually French, but like it still hurts. Got it. You're French. Austin. It hurt me deeply. The way they pronounced it. I'm a Connor Redux. No. Yeah, Renox sounds really good. Renox sounds really good. I actually like it. Anyways, um. How about Reno, I think Reno is better. <laughs> um, so she notes uh, that he definitely knows what he's doing when it comes to acting. She's like, Cameron had like his his like importance that when he pretended to be a noble felt juvenile, whereas this guy's just like he just feels like a noble to her. She's like, no, he's just a fucking master. Uh, so Kelsier comments on the cleanliness, and Lord Renoir says his crews are quite proficient. As they move further into the mansion to have some food, Finn notes how clean the place is, and Lord Renoir then asks Kelsier to speak to him alone about a delicate matter. Finn is a bit annoyed that she'd been left out, but then thinks, that, but then uh, thinks to herself that she thinks she's too important, and Reen laughs in the back of her head. So do you think Finn is right to be annoyed after Kelsier's talk with her just before about trust, or do you think, uh... She she's right to like no I shouldn't be annoyed by this. Mm, I would be annoyed. Yeah right. Man. Yeah I know same. I'd just be like I want to fucking know what you're talking about. Um, so there's then food and drinks brought in by servants and Sazed stands like right behind her, pretty much as like rigid with his hands in front of him, and she's like not not pleased by this. Uh, she does note, though, that the other servants around do seem happy, and she's even heard laughter, so she feels a bit more comfortable with the fact that uh, they have ska servants at the manor. She's like, well, they, they may be servants, but they have to keep up appearances, but, like, at least they, like, seem happy. Like, they're not, like, mistreated ska like every other noble house. Uh, and then she finally asks Says to stop standing over her shoulder, so he instead stands next to her in the same position, still pretty much looming over her. Uh, I fucking love it. I love Sazed. <laughs> uh, and then she notices a smile on his face, and he eventually moves to sit down. She notes that she had never heard of a terrorist with a sense of humor, and he knows that they are just subtle. She also notices that he seems, uh, somehow seems relaxed, even in his, like, rigid, like, very straight posture. Um, did you, like, Sazed's little, little joke of standing next to her, <laughs> instead of behind her? Pardon? She made me laugh. I was... <laughs> I was like, okay, he's just gonna, you know, move aside now that she says, nah. 
<laughs> Let me loom closer to you. <laughs> it's like, oh, you don't want me behind you? Let me be, like, right up beside you as you're eating. I don't know why, but I, I guess satisfaction from, like, <laughs> from, like, just things not going your way. <laughs> uh, say it's great. What do you think, Mythic? Would you like to... Yeah. Okay. I just like yeah, he's he's pretty great. Um, uh, where was I? So Finn wonders if Sage knows about what is happening. So she kind of like, it's like, oh, what are you doing here? And so Sage just straight up says like, oh, you mean what is a terrorist doing overthrowing the Lord Ruler? <laughs> um, so yeah, he says he's doing this because of his belief and asks what she believes in. Questions her about whether she really thinks the Lord Ruler is actually the ascended avatar of God. Uh, and he also calls him the Sliver of Infinity. Uh, and Vin notes that she isn't sure if she believes that. Uh, Says then says if she wants an alternative, he can teach her one, as the right belief is like a good cloak that keeps you safe and warm. The wrong one can suffocate. So what are your thoughts on Says' view of uh, religions here? I mean, completely true. Yes. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, I don't just follow whatever. I, I, I mean, he comes up later. He's like, I got options. Yeah, he's like, I got this. Is I feel like you should be in this one. <laughs> this no. one's better for you. We'll get into that, but yeah, I, I love this. Um, what, what were your thoughts, Darkness? Says you there. I was more interested in the. Uh, we're not there yet, but yeah, like he knows a lot about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, so Kelsey and Renoir then come back, and Kelsey explains to, uh, to Renoir that Vin is to play his heir instead. Renoir says that won't work, and Vin worries about what her part would be in the crew if she can't do this. However, it's decided that Vin will instead be a child of, like, a distant cousin that he's introducing to court life, and that, like, her kind of awkwardness would be just like, oh, she's just from, like, the countryside. That's why she's, like, really awkward. <laughs> Um, and it's also noted that Finn would need some refinement, and Kelsier says that Sage will be Finn's steward. Uh, so basically, Sage is, like, in charge of, like, he's, like, her, like, personal assistant kind of thing, I think. Slash tutor. Um, and then they go upstairs, it's very late, and Finn sleepily notes that she surprisingly left food behind. Kelsier then apologizes to Finn for going off alone with Renoir, and says it was more about Renoir and him being uncomfortable with people knowing more about by himself. So it was like, he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't want to leave you out, but like, Renoir's like, doesn't like people knowing about him. <laughs> um, did, did, you, did you like that Kelsier kind of apologized for that, considering their like, trust talks and stuff? Yes, but also Renoir seems really, um, I don't know if I... I mean, would you trust some random girl that just appeared out of nowhere? No. <laughs> would you like... trust anybody if they just came out of nowhere? No. Right. I don't know. She seems more like the hand for hire that would betray. Mm. I don't oh. trust it. Sayce <laughs> uh, then shows Finn to her room and says uh, the maids will draw a bath in the morning for her. And before he goes, Finn uh, asks Sayce if Kelsier is a good man. Say says he is. Then states that she doesn't think she's ever known a good man before. Nope. You don't think no she's a good man? man? Her no brother. Man nope, I don't think man. she considers her brother a good man, Darkness. Ben, she's wrong. 
same thought yeah that it is like a sibling of the uh, uh i forget yeah thank you never think of his name call the god king every time uh so we get finn's point of view as she's running and jumping through felice at night uh in late autumn using pewter iron and steel suddenly coins are shooting at her and she dodges to the side jumps off the side of a mansion, and Finn does the same. A few more coins are shot at her, and she dismissively pushes them away. She eventually loses sight of her opponent for a moment before, uh, but throws her coin bag to make them think she's coming at them. She then watches as they jump over a wall and goes after them with her glass knives. Her opponent then sprays her with her own coins before she can, uh, oh, sorry, her, with her own coins from before, and she barely dodges them, and one coin gets caught between them. They both get pushed against hard surfaces and continue to push relentlessly until the tree behind Finn breaks. Uh, Kelsier then walks over and tells her she doesn't have to push out with her hands or drop what she's holding, even though it might be instinctual. Finn is annoyed that she lost, but Kelsier says she's doing fantastic as it's only been a few months. Kelsier then gifts Finn the flattened coin that they had pushed together. Finn notes that Alamancy feels more natural to her, but she worries about her other part in the plan. So, what do you think about Ben and Kelsier's fight, and did you know right away that the opponent was Kelsier? I did know, yeah. I figured. I mean, it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> do you like their little fight, though? I thought it was funny that she just kept <laughs> getting pushed. <laughs> yeah, it's like that, it's like that uh, thing where, like, you know, the taller person puts their hand on the shorter person. You know all about that, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah, where they and, and they're like swinging, but they can't hit because they're too short. Yeah, Midnight knows all about that. Anyways, uh, as they head back to Renoir's manch, uh, manor, Vin collects her coin pouch from a tree. She knows that although Kelsier would have left it behind, her past kept her from wanting to be uh, wasteful, and she even felt bad using coins to jump. Which I think you guys had mentioned before, you're like, why would you, like, waste coins like yeah. that? So yeah, she's just like, I, I can't. Like, I think she literally says she has, like, 12 cents, basically, in there. She has, like, 12 clips. <laughs> and she's like, nah, I can't waste 12 cents. Sounds like a, a, a viable idea there. Don't waste money. Um, yeah, Kelsier's obviously wasteful money because he's like, I, I grew up rich. <laughs> Uh, and so she thinks more on her part to play as a noblewoman and that Kelsier had told her she needs to uh, move in high society as easily as she does in the mists. Once inside the manor, she asks for Sazed and then goes to the servants' quarters to find him, which she notes is as clean as the rest of the manor. She notes that if Renoir keeps up his ruse as well as he keeps up his manor, he'll never be found out, although she wonders if his emotions somehow give him away, as Kelsier had said he wouldn't be able to go near an Inquisitor. Um, and we did kind of get into this already, but why do you think Renoir can't go near an Inquisitor, which Mythic thought is because of a special metal that allows him to 
Nah, he's allergic. He's allergic to inquisitors. To the steel guys. To steel? Yeah. Uh, but I basically summarized that for you, right, Mythic? You, that's pretty much your thoughts? There's a medal for it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah but no, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, okay. It's a theory that I don't believe is 100% true at all, mainly because it seems as if Kelsier knows why he can't be near Steel Inquisitors. It seems also like Breeze knows. Numerous Bree, times, yeah, Bree's made a he comment states numerous times about how he knows about 11 medals, and pretty sure we've already gotten all the other 10 except it's 11. So the only other option would be the 11th does it, but even. I don't think we've been told to what the ninth and tenth metal do or what they are. Really? And it seems yeah, bad, not. like the reaction that they had when they were talking. Do I have? Do I only have eight that I figured out? There should only be eight that you know for sure. You guys have both assumed that eight. Oh yeah, okay. Is, is one of is, them. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. I do only have eight. Okay. So there's two other ones. So I still, I'm still sticking on this one. Yeah. I, I, I think there's more to it. Because the way they talked about it in the meeting, it seemed like it was, like, dark. Like, it was bad. Yeah, I think Breeze basically says, like, oh, uh, Yenin, you don't want to know about this. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense if he was, like, a misting or something, but... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just get a bad rap or something, the people who can use this metal. Possibly. I mean... they can, like, change it's... their appearance I think it's... I think it's going to be either metal or, or like a, a type of metal, or it's going to be like he put a misting in there somehow. Mm. Um, because I mean, you would also I feel like this dude would also not want to know that. They did state he did state that the child misting wasn't very intelligent. Like he didn't state anything about an adult not misting. Oh, that's great. what I was thinking of. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was confused Misty. there for a second. I... Yeah, misting. <laughs> uh, mis the mist wraith is what I meant. Yes. He did state that the Miss Wraith uh, child wasn't very intelligent, but so there could be an adult that is intelligent, so maybe he's a Miss Wraith. Was that what you were thinking, Ernest? Because you had like a, it sounded like a, like a little epiphany moment there. <laughs> oh, uh, I was thinking, what if it's like a soul transfer type of shit? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like they killed him and then he like trans this guy like transferred his soul into the guy's body because that that would be something you probably don't want to know about that would sound pretty i think both a myth yeah. wraith, older myth wraith and a myth trans wraith. take over someone's dead body would both be pretty you bad. really can't see myth wraith too. i just like I, sh I have a little bit of a lisp sometimes i try my best look shut up i try my best um so where was i uh, when she finds Sazed, uh, he's speaking to a ska woman named Kozan, whom Finn knows the name of because she tries to keep tabs on everyone and thus knows all their names. Kozan calls Sazed Master Vought, which is apparently the correct title for a terrorist steward. Finn then learns that Kozan is to cut her hair. As Kozan works on Finn's hair, Finn asks Sazed if Kelsier has returned, uh, and Kelsier still isn't taking her out on his nightly raids to confuse the great houses by showing off as a misborn. He is not back, unfortunately. Sazed then asks, if, uh, asks Finn if she wants to listen to another proposal. Finn rolls her eyes but agrees. Sazed then tells her about the Nelizans, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, uh, who lived far north and worshipped the god Trell. 
their religion called, uh, so I think my book has an old version. I think he changed how this is pronounced. But did you guys have it as Trellism or Trellicism? I really like that religion though. I don't, I, 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 I found it nice. Yeah, I think he decided, like, I, I'm pretty sure I heard that, like, he decided when republishing them at one point that, like, it, it was too much of a mouthful the way he originally wrote it and, like, simplified it. Um, yeah, so, uh, the religion Trellism, uh, they believed the stars at night were the thousand eyes of Trell watching over them, and they charted every star in the sky. They believed the sun was the one eye of Trell's jealous brother who tried to block out Trell's light. Uh, so I what are your thoughts feel on like trill? it was trill for me. I don't the know trill? Yeah. It has an E. Like it has an E. Maybe I was just hearing it right. Trill gets some. You also listened to it on two times speed, you said, so it might just be that it sounded that way with the, <laughs> the audio sped up. It's trillogism. Is it trillogism? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if they... I thought you had heard that he changed it, but maybe he didn't. I misheard. But yeah, that, that's what it was in my book, too. Yeah, so what were your thoughts on Trellism? You said, or Trellicism. Uh, you said you liked it, Darkness? Yeah, it's, it's a good correlation. Yeah, it definitely seems cool. You don't like the sunlight. They're like, fuck the sun. Yeah. I don't go outside anymore. They only like the stars, which I'm sure, like, any of the people worshipping that religion when, uh, the, when the Ash Mount started would be pretty upset because you can never see stars anymore. <laughs> It also sounds like they were like super up close to like whatever the North Pole is, and it's like they'd have like uh, months where like basically the sun almost never set, and sometimes where like the sun was almost never there. I mean, Alaska has that. That's what I'm saying. Like they were probably pretty up far north. It sounds like. Okay. There, there's parts of Alaska that are pretty far north. But you said North. Pole. I said close-ish to the North Pole. They haven't written. Every planet is a North and South Pole. Uh, I mean, do they? I'm pretty sure every planet supposedly She's an is an astronaut. If, if, it's a, wait, no. if, it's, if it's a flat Earth, where's the north versus the south? Okay, like... Oh my gosh. Anyways. What if it's a cube? Everybody? Everybody? The Earth is flat. Don't let them tell you otherwise. Uh-huh. Finn uh, says she doesn't want to learn more. And says, like, oh, do you want to know more about them? And she says, not really. And says, no, it must not be a good fit. Apparently the fifth religion that he's uh, proposed to her in the last two months, which is apparently how long mm -hmm. she's been staying here at Lord Renoir's place, and uh, she asks him how many he knows, and he says he has 562 others memorized. Uh, that still... sounds like that sounds like something I would do. And he's so like some of them are sex of each other, but yeah, uh, he's he's memorized them all to try out, and she's shocked that he can remember that all, and he states that he has methods. Uh, Says then says the reason he memorizes them all is that he believes people and their beliefs are important and that once the Lord Ruler is gone, the Keepers will bring back the forgotten truths of the past. When Vin asks about the Keepers, he knows that there are a few others like him, just enough to pass on the information to the next generation. So what are your thoughts on Sazed and the Keepers? Um, I thought it was cool that he knew all of that. Like, I would definitely love to know so much, like, about all of that. I, I already knew, but not to that extent, ever. <laughs> That's insane, like... 
this friendly this group called Keepers that he uh, sounds like a part of. They memorize oh. things for future generations. <laughs> I guess we're just walking right there. What do you think about it, Mythic? I mean, I, I definitely like the fact that he is this memorable person. I just like him in general. Um, he's definitely one of my favorite characters right now. <laughs> I can't really think of anything other than that. That's fine. Uh, so Saez then has Vin go over the knowledge that she needs to know as a noblewoman, such as the ten great houses and her backstory, and how she should pretend to feel about being in Luthadel. Which I'm surprised she has all that really well memorized. <laughs> I don't think I could. I have terrible memory. Uh, Saez then teases her that she should work as hard in her lessons as she does at avoiding them, apparently she's constantly trying to get out of lessons. Uh, which Vin apologizes for and says the mist just called her. Kelsier then returns and comments on Finn's hair, which makes her ask for a mirror. Finn notes that she looks like a girl and even ignores Reen's voice in the back of her head, telling her to not look like a girl. Kelsier says mm. they'll make a noblewoman of her yet, which says remarks that Finn will have to stop scowling so much. Um, so, did you, do you think that Finn will continue to ignore Reen's voice more over time, like she did here? Yep. I think he's going to grow in power, though. You think he's talking to her? I think so. Mm. I don't think Maybe it's that's not right anymore. Uh, so we then switch to Kelsier's point of view as he talks to Sazed uh, off out of the room. Sazed explains that Finn is doing well, but she likes to misunderstand him on purpose and doesn't see the value in the lessons. Kelsier explains that her avoiding the lessons uh, is likely to keep some control of her life. Kelsier then says he wishes that they had more time, but Finn will have to go out to a party soon. Saison suggests having some of the mistings on the crew teach Finn about her powers. Kelsier notes that Finn has learned very quickly, and he also notes that she might end up being executed versus the rest of them, but agrees when Saison says that that won't stop him from using her as a spy. Kelsier then tells Saison to accompany Finn to the parties and keep her safe. Saison says he'll protect her with his life, and Kelsier notes that few men, Alamancers or not, would do well in a fight against a keeper, which is why the Ministry had likely tried to exterminate them. So, what do you think could possibly make a Keeper more dangerous than an Alamancer? Knowledge is power. Power is knowledge. I mean, that's literally what I'm, I get out of this. I know. This man can remember so many religions. This man has knowledge. Knowledge. I mean, that like it could be an awesome power, uh, like Alamantic power too. Like, that he has knowledge in general as a power but the metal that gives you uh forever memory or i'm gonna need that metal <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think uh midnight needs that metal right now too i do i need it for tomorrow <laughs> so it is a metal see she said it all right boom wow <laughs> i'm just going on you guys we got her fbi open up Let's start a riot. A riot. Uh, so Kelsey then ends the chapter by telling Says that Ben will have to go to the party and keep Venture at the end of the week, ready or not. So, how do you think Ben uh, will do at this ball? Uh, she's probably gonna gag. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> Why what? For those who get it, we'll get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Some sort of like I mean, fun I'm not getting. No. Midnight, midnight. What did Cinderella do at the end of the balls? Turn into a pumpkin, or her like carriage turned into a pumpkin. No, when she got to when she got to the ball, what did she, what did she do? Danced. No, she gagged. <laughs> oh god. Africans are better. Right? That's a good joke. Okay. <laughs> um, honestly though, how do you how do you think she's gonna do at her first like party uh, keep venture? Uh, she's gonna fuck her. But uh, it's gonna be redeemable. she's going to like soothe or riot people on accident she's gonna create a bigger issue than there needs to be okay okay I'm sorry would you rather choke she'll choke chapters no but i got plenty of thoughts here to yeah. get for the end of this with all the medals that i have and all the powers that i think could be on those medals all right you want to go over any there's theories? only a few there's not okay. there's not a lot all right i'm okay. just gonna go through the ones that i have okay even the ones that we've already figured out because i've moved them around and done stuff like that. Okay. uh iron uh iron pull metal like pulls and put uh steel pushes yep. uh tin enhances senses pewter enhances physical abilities Zinc soothes, brass riots, uh, coppers, hides allomancy from the world, where I think bronze, uh, I believe bronze was reveals, like, so you could see things. Reveals um, about the people using allomancy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, and then I have, these are the ones that I, I put in here, that's why I thought I already had it, is I have what I think are the metals and what I think could be possible metals. Um, I think gold and electrum are going to be metals. Um, I think gold is going to be like being able to see into the future. Uh, or, I mean, yes. no, other way around, sorry. Okay. Uh, see into the past, so like okay. you can learn from knowledge. Um, and then electum is going to be like you can see into the future, um, which I think is what the Lord Ruler uses a lot um, to make him omni- omnipotent. Um, and then I have lithium for healing, uh, chro- chrome or chromium for killing. Uh, barium uh, and calcium are push and pull metals in others so like you could push somebody or pull somebody due to the metals inside them Um, aluminum I have that removes allomancy like you could just strip somebody of allomancy Uh, cadmium I have that speeds up time Uh, cobalt is pulls appearances from others and then I changed it later uh, just while we were doing this because we had the push and pull thing um, nickel pushes appearance into others, so make somebody else look like somebody else. Um, lead pulls thoughts from people. Silver slows time. Mercury pushes thoughts into others. Uh, platinum enhances allomancy. 
Magnesium dulls Allomancy, and Atium gives Allomancy. Those are my all metals that I could think of that would work, in in my opinion, in this thing. I just took from the periodic table and threw them into a table on my own. And then nice. put powers next to them and figured out what powers I thought would go well. Mm. And then when you, we talked about the pushing and pulling, I, I split a few of these trying to figure out how to push and pull, how to make them push and pull mechanics. Yeah. But, yeah, I got lots of powers. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I don't, like I said, I don't believe, I think the only ones that um, I believe are metals um, so far uh, are gold and electrum. I'd be the other two metals that we don't have, but... I think I don't, I don't know about the powers being right either, but um, all the other ones I don't know. And the atrium, I think, is a metal. Atrium. Or atium. atium. Atium is a metal, I believe. So, but other than that, I think those are. That's what I've got. I see, I see. Just taking metals from the world. Now, like I said before, uh, Sanderson could come up with his own metal name. So. Yeah. The, the only metal name that we metal. know he's come up with on his own is Atium so far. Yeah, the other ones, exactly. he's always used, like, real ones. He could came up with other ones, too, though. But I think Gold and Electrum were probably good. I mean, at least the way I would, if I was writing the story, Gold and Electrum would be in this. <laughs> but, I mean, I was also I would also put Silver in here. Because, like I said, D&D logic. But, because <laughs> you have the bra or Bronze, you have all that, so... Gold, yeah. Electrum, and Silver would work. Yeah. Alright. Did you have any theories about, like, the, the plot of the book, or just the magics? I really don't know if I should continue to think of theories for the plot of the okay, book. Okay, fair, fair, like, fair, my fair. subconscious might know. Yeah, maybe, maybe give it a few weeks. That, like, I have weeks. this, like, <laughs> so first off, I have this weird thought in my head that I've already heard the ball or something to that extent and like because uh, i have this and i we obviously didn't read it or yeah, we no. obviously didn't read it because i remember something about breeze and we didn't talk about it so i'm like hmm i might have subconsciously gotten this memory because breeze is awesome first off and i feel like my subconscious was like oh breeze let me think of let me listen to that because i have this like, sleep or something I have this like, oh, it's almost like a dream, vivid dream. Maybe I dreamed this, that Breeze was like pushing and pulling people and like to a mass extent, like there were so many people and he was just like pushing and pulling on their emotions and shit. And I'm he like- can't do, He can't do both. I know he can't do both, <laughs> but like, ah, uh, I just, I'm like, ah. Uh. So that, then that's why I thought then I was like, well, maybe he didn't do it. Maybe the thought I have is actually not Breeze, and I just thought it was Breeze um, in my subconscious, uh, and it's actually her. That's my thing. No, I have other things. I also have the other, whatever the fuck it's called, the uh, epigraph. So. Oh, yeah, you have the next epigraph. I'm just going to read it. I'm curious. It's nothing, it's nothing great. Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, what are your thoughts? Do you have any theories, Darkness? I still want a human. <laughs> that's all you care about. Lithium. Yeah, that's all I need. Do you have any ideas for the plot and theories? No, I don't trust my theories for plots. Okay. Not with these books. 
Maybe you will by the second or third Mistborn bug once you're used to the Mistborn uh, world. Maybe. Oh, also, because uh, I've, I've given away that the names of the plans were previously. Do you want to know what the name of this... I don't know if I told you what the name of this planet is. Do you want to know? What is it? It's Skadriel. God. That's a fucking... That's an... That's a... What if the planets are the fucking... Um, what's it called? The... Gods or whatever the beings. Mm. Wait. Okay. So, what were the other two planets? Uh, so Warbreaker was Nalthus. Nalthus. Hard for me to say. My list. Uh, and uh, Elantris was Cell. Uh, and Mistborn is Skadrio. Uh, I was trying to think if like we've heard those names before, but. Like, as in people, possibly. But... I don't think they get brought up until uh, Arcana Unbounded. Basically, like, uh, they, they mention, they, they give uh, in Arcana Unbounded, along with all the different short stories, they give, like, a little description of the worlds and, like, the solar system of each uh, world. So, I didn't really think just, like, giving you the so, wait, spoiler. Does that mean, does that mean that, uh, wow, I can't remember his name now. I said his name earlier. God damn, Hoid. Hoid. Does that mean that Hoid could be the astronaut? He's just <laughs> traveling across planets? Are you seeing our darkness? Um, yeah. I mean, technically he is. Yeah. I mean, we've already been told that Hoid will be in every book, so... Midnight's like, fuck, I forgot about this because it doesn't have Uh, no, he, he, he has, uh, I don't believe he's in every, book. I don't believe he's in every short story from Arcana Bad, but he's in every, every book. book. At least so far. I mean, there might be future ones, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe he dies. <laughs> maybe he's already dead. He was basically a oh. little, a little Easter egg character. Yeah, self-insert, got it. It's, it's self-insert. Why do you get so salty about it? No, because there's bombs. somebody else. Because there's somebody else that is a self-insert. I don't think he has any self-insert. Uh, he does. He does give. Uh, he has noted that a lot, like some random, like one-off side characters. He's given like names of like friends and family, though. You just hear. You just see Todd or some shit. <laughs> no, I think he like changes them slightly to be a bit more fantasy. But they're like technically like his his friends or family members. It's Todd with three D's. <laughs> it's Todd spelled T H O D D. Thought. It's Todd. Anything else you we need gonna, to talk about? You think we're gonna see any hoses in this book? <laughs> no, there's gonna be no hoes in this book. Except maybe uh, the sluts that are having sex with their nobles. Damn! So, the next chapters we'll be reading for next episode are chapters 10, 11, and 12. So we're going to do three chapters again. I got another theory real quick. Okay. Oh. What, what if, what if Finn is actually the child of the Lord Ruler? That's what I, I'm pretty sure I said that. <laughs> you did, I know. <laughs> yeah. That'd be interesting. Yep. 
and that's why she's so powerful. <laughs> what if the Lord Ruler is actually a ruler? What? Like a like a twelve inch ruler? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. Interesting. That would be uh, what's the word? Uh, compensating. Um, <laughs> uh, I just want I want to go see the pits. I know it's going. You want to go to the pits? Yeah, it's it's a fun little. Come to my pits. All right, All right. Uh, we're gonna end the episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Please come back next time. Again, we're gonna be reading chapters ten through twelve for next episode, and that will be episode four out of twelve. So we'll be a third of the way through. Be a third of the way through after next episode. Bye guys. Get in the comments.